What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown on a Monday. Um, hasn't been It's been a while since that happened, but we are here. Sean and I recapped last weekend, made our predictions for the championship weekend ahead, and then we talked a little golf. It was a quick one today. Next week, we'll be back talking the football from next week, a little golf, and then we're really going to deep dive into basketball, so you guys have that to look forward to. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod and have a good week. everybody and welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast we're here for a monday rundown tom remember those remember what those were like um we're here to talk divisional weekend recap we got a little golf you want to sprinkle in but first and foremost how you doing man feeling all a little bit better yeah i'm good i'm on my voice is almost fully back i felt fine like i said on the last pod but my uh my voice is almost fully back i'm good to go uh, it sounds like you've cleared up that cold Yes, I have. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. Yeah, we're going to talk a little golf today. Uh, we'll do we'll do a ton of basketball next week. Uh, I just want to be a little more prepared for that, um, just so we can we can really get in depth for the people out there. I know they're clamoring for it. Figure we give everybody a quick one this week. Sports is starting to slow down, um, but I do want to get golf in there because you know we're starting to become a golf podcast. So I want to get some golf in there. We're what four or five tournaments in so uh john rom's already won twice so i do want to talk about that um but we will at the end of the pod let's jump into this weekend though you got anything you want to get off your chest before we go or you want to just talk about giants (laughs) eagles no everything's good man it was it was actually it was the kind of loss that it's not a loss that you want to deal with as the hype for the game. And, you know, I'm watching the first game and I'm like ready to go. I'm feeling a little bit better, but Hey, it, it was over really fast. So I was able to go to sleep pretty early. At least I didn't have to suffer through it. Yeah. It was, um, it was a quick and painless death for you. It was not a slow bleed. Um, yeah, the Eagles just, they just dominated the giants on both sides of the ball. Uh, they were the better team. Bigger, faster, stronger, more talented, and that's just kind of what what should have been expected, I think, given how the Giants were this season. They weren't even really in everybody's eyes, including ours. Talk about the over-unders. I had them at the under. Um, supposed to be here. So you can, you can hold your head up pretty high for this season and feel really good going into the 2023-24 season. Um, you can't say the same for Will Smith, but – as a Giants yeah. fan, I think you can feel pretty good. Honestly, man, I do. I mean, I, I it's it's weird and not often that you, Always you sucks know you to get lose to Philly. It does. In Philly, you know, I the hate for them will always be most paramount amongst any of the teams in the division. Um, but I got to tell you, it it's kind of like that little bit of Yankees Red Sox where part of the, what made that Giants Eagles rivalry so good was even though the Eagles tended, particularly in the you know mid late 2000s and a little bit into the 2010s, that even though the Eagles would beat the Giants and sometimes some very huge games that 
impacted the Giants' season, I could always say, well, you know, those fuckers still don't have a Super Bowl. And once they won their Super Bowl in 2018, it also coincided with a terrible stretch of Giants football where apathy was pretty much coming into play. So, you know, it was like when the Yankees with the Red Sox, you know, after 04, and the Red Sox start winning more and more, that the hate is always deep, and but it's not quite as – it doesn't kill you as much, you know? Yeah, so and it, looking at it from it the sucks. Eagles and especially the Red Sox perspective, I mean – I would say that's magnified times 10 because now they got some wins and the Giants and especially the Yankees were always big brother uh, beating the shit out of them for the last shoving them in toilets and and into lockers and shit for the last hundred years with the Yankees. And then for them, I I just don't think the rivalries is strong because there's just not as much hate there. Well, it's not that the hate, it's just that you're, it, things went away with once that other team, the Eagles in this case, had, had won, right? And also when the Red Sox were winning some of their championships, they were doing that when the Yankees weren't particularly great or having excellent seasons. And that's what the Giants' situation has been. And if they were matching up in the playoffs a lot or the Giants were trading off, you know, NFC Championship game appearance, Eagles, I'd probably feel a little bit differently. But the Giants have been so terrible for the last six years that it, it – it, it's just not as strong. I'll just put it that way. I don't have to ramble on about it. But, man, as far as what the Giants did this year, I kept telling you, it, it was hard for me to be really, really upset and pissed off. Obviously, you're upset they lose, but they they weren't supposed to be here. You know, we, we recorded on Friday. I was gushing over the Vikings win. It was such an unbelievable storybook season for the fact that, you know, this quarterback that you drafted sixth overall – you don't even the new regime comes in doesn't even pick up his fifth year option. He's basically playing on a free agent deal. Looks like he probably is the quarterback going forward. We can talk about that as we get closer to the offseason. Barkley's finally healthy. He has a great year. We have our GM, we have our head coach, and we have I think we have our quarterback. We'll see again, you know, what the market ends up saying with Jones, but the fact that this team won 9 games, they won a road playoff game in Minnesota. I got nothing to be upset about, Tom. This this Eagles team is so much fucking better than the Giants. I think the only reason people were talking themselves into the Giants was because in Week 18, when the Giants played nobody, that Eagles team that was playing for that game, you know, they didn't look particularly good, but they got that week of rest, and they were an absolute juggernaut on Saturday night. You know what you're talking about. Obviously, we recapped our our uh, over-unders preseason, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. The <laughs> fact that I was able to somehow finish the same wins record as you and our picks is amazing. But I do want to say this about Jones, and I'm interested to see if you agree with me or not. You know, I, I was thinking a lot about the quarterback market over the last, you know, couple of last couple of days when you've seen how some of these games have played. And I think the worst thing that handicaps a team and this is not me, you know, trying to rub salt in the wound of Will Smith's Cowboys, but it's when teams pay average to slightly above average quarterbacks top market value. You know, you see it in Minnesota with Cousins. You see it in, in Dallas, obviously, with Prescott. They're good quarterbacks. They're definitely not bad ones, but they're not Burrow. They're not Allen. They're not Mahomes. They're not what Rodgers was. And the Giants cannot afford to do that with Jones. And that's why I think I really love what Joe Shane is going to do and what Brian he's going to trust Brian Dable because if this was Tillman, I mean, I, he'd be locked up. 
you know, at a pretty hefty price. And even though I'd love to retain Jones, I think, you know, obviously he had a lot of success in the system, man. If he's good, if, if some team's willing to throw him 34 million, 35 million a year, and the Giants have so many holes on this team, which is amazing considering that they did get to the divisional weekend. I, I think you got to draw a line in the sands at some point because he's going to end up handicapping your entire roster. Cause I think we can both agree, right? He's not in that top tier. Maybe you can win with him if the roster is really good around him, but this guy is not a bus driver. And if he's going to get bus driver money, um, that's going to be really bad for your franchise going forward. Yeah. He's definitely not going to be able to get you over the top. Um, well, he could get you over the top, but he's not going to be the reason. And you got to feel confident, like you said, in your GM that he's not going to make a stupid decision because, I mean, these these contracts for the quarterbacks are crippling. I mean, the Cowboys have other issues that with the Ezekiel Elliott contract and whatnot. Um, they were just throwing money blindly at people, and you, you just can't do that. But you got to have confidence across the board in this organization. Yeah, um, I absolutely do. And, yeah, I think Jones realized that his career is – I mean, he had a great year this year for his standards, but it was you can't say that the best situation for him football-wise wouldn't be with the same head coach that pretty much just saved his career. Uh, 12 months ago, we weren't sure that he would ever really be anything. So um, I think if the two sides will work it out. But, yeah, I think you just the, – the track record's too long, man. You can't pay average quarterbacks, top quarterback money. And when you do that – it handicaps your entire your entire salary cap and your entire roster configuration. Yeah, and we'll talk about it further in the offseason, but I could see like a Carolina or something throwing somebody like that throwing him a bit more money, but I'm hoping he seems like a smart down to earth guy. He'll take um he'll take a more reasonable contract in order to win and stick with the best head coach. Um you want to move on to one of those overpaid quarterbacks? Yeah, let's do it. Congrats, Philly. Fuck you. I hope you lose this weekend. Yeah, I do too. I don't. I don't see it happening. But I, our Philly's obnoxious. Um, let's talk about. We're going out of order here, but screw it. I'm. I guess I'm driving the bus. Let's let's talk about this Cowboys game. I just want to get it over with. Um, Brock Purdy was a better quarterback than Dak Prescott yesterday. That's what I saw with my own two eyes. If you didn't see that with your own two eyes, I'd really question what you what game you were watching. Yeah, Prescott was terrible from start to finish. Um, you can't really blame it on McCarthy on this one. I mean, we're going to talk about the last play. But outside of that, 
It was just bad throw after bad throw, forcing the ball to the wrong guys, not taking the cheese like I always say. Um, what did he finish with two picks? He probably should have had four. Um, it was just – it's a killer. It really is. And I said I didn't like how he looked all year, but regardless of that, how he's looked in the playoffs throughout his whole career – I just don't think he's the guy to get it done. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the guy to get it done. And this game just solidifies everybody saying, oh, no, Dak's better than – was that a sneeze? Bless you. Dak's better than uh, Kirk Cousins and blah, blah, blah. It's like they're the same fucking guy. It, it certainly appears that way. I mean, again, just going back to what we just talked about, this is what happens when you pay a quarterback who's not the guy like the guy. And we have enough evidence of it. I mean, Tom – do we have a more linear, just like flatlined segue from head coach to, and quarterbacks with the Cowboys? I mean, McCarthy is literally Jason Garrett. The offense hasn't changed. They're not able to keep up with the the Shanahan's of the world. And then you've got obviously Prescott, who seems to be the next Tony Romo. The numbers are there. The the wins in the regular season are there. The stats are there the playoff success is not. And I think that he is just playing so airtight. There's so much pressure on him and there's so much pressure on the coach because of Jerry Jones and he's not going to make any changes. We know that, but I mean, your defense held up 19 points. You give up, you score 12. Nah, man, that's, that's really pathetic. If you hold a team to less than 20, you should win that game, especially with that offense. I know Tony Pollard got hurt, but that shouldn't be the end-all, be-all with the amount of money that you're paying Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Terrible game. Terrible game, cover to cover from Dak. Um, Really good game by by the Cowboys' defense, I will say that. Outside of that, the nine enough to get the job done. Um, the Cowboys stifled the running game for the most part. I know McCaffrey had a, a rushing touchdown, but outside of that, it was kind of just Brock Purdy doing just enough to get the W. Um, and then that last play is just hilarious. It really is. It's a microcosm of what Cowboys, you know, postseason failure really is. I mean, like when when you're drawing up that play. If I'm sitting in that room with McCarthy and whoever's drawing that up, they're like, yeah, Zeke can snap the ball and then he can get a lateral from whomever he threw the ball to and and it just adds an extra guy. And then I would just stand up and go, or, or, hear me out now, guys, Zeke could also just get blown the fuck up by who's standing over him. <laughs> that could be the yeah. other way. Yeah, and that would you would have been telling the truth there. Uh, too bad you weren't in that meeting for Dallas. I'm sure they could have used you. I don't know what they were doing. And, and man, watching watching as that game went on, I will say McCarthy still struggles with the clock, but it wasn't an all-time fuck-up like it was last year. It wasn't, and he does struggle with the clock, but it was also Dak. I mean, the guy almost it takes a safety, in the, it, which is like, I mean, throw the ball into the 700th row and knock somebody out before you take a safety. I, I can't believe he didn't. It was almost like he was shocked that there was going to be pressure there, and the other guy was shocked that Dak was going to be there. They just ran into each other, and then he kind of skirted him at the last second. But then, I mean, Dalton Schultz cost him a ton of time there, and it was just terrible. Well, Dalton Schultz, I mean, how, how can you be that nonchalant on the sideline trying to make a catch? 
I mean, there was no dragging of the foot. It was just like, oh, yeah, I caught it. I know I'm in. It's like, you know, every you thought he was still at Stanford. Too. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. But here's a comp for you. I know we've been trying to stay within quarterback comparisons, but I think this one's kind of apropos and you, you see if you agree. I, I look at Dak like I look at Julius Randle. You know, it, it's not his fault he got paid to be the reason that you guys have to have postseason success and he's the easy scapegoat when you don't have it. But you're basically asking him to be, you know, in, in Randall's case, Kevin Durant, and you're asking Prescott to be Patrick Mahomes, and he just ain't that guy. So, yeah, you got to blame him. He played like absolute shit. But, again, part of why he's he's criticized so much is he was signed to a contract that, let's just be frank, man, he shouldn't be on. Yeah, that's a that's a very very comp. I, I you know I'm the comp guy. I'm the comp king, and I I'm jealous of that one, and I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean you're not that guy, pal. As that meme is, it's just you can't expect him to same as Danny Dimes, but in a different situation because he is being paid that money, and you're trying to avoid paying Dimes that money. You just you don't expect him to carry. It's like if we build a team around him. And they have the defense built around him, but they still need some offensive pieces. If we build the perfect team around him, we could win a Super Bowl with him. I mean, go up and down the list. There's a few guys like Nick Foles and a few others that if they didn't have a perfect team around them, they wouldn't have won a Super Bowl, but they can. It's just Nick Foles is also getting paid pennies on the dollar, and you could invest in other things. That's what you kind of have to do with Dak is have him more on a mid-tier quarterback contract than paying him like a top-10 guy. Yeah, and I understand. So nobody nobody tweet at us or make anything where it's like, oh, well, it depends when they become available. I understand. That's why Matt Stafford once reset the market. And why well, I don't mean to cut you off, the market. but another yeah, thing there, because I just had this thought, is that we need to, we need to, or GMs need to re, reconfigure their thoughts and not just use fucking stats when these quarterbacks are coming up to market because look at look at the guys who got signed. I mean, I know Stafford won one, but aside from that, I, I wouldn't put him in the top tier. And look at Dak and you look at Kirk Cousins and you look at a couple other guys and it's like you're making these contracts all based off stats. You're going to end up in this situation. You guys need to find another way to measure a guy and whether or not they're worth this money because Dak is not worth, Matt Stafford is not worth Patty Mahomes' money. I don't give a fuck that their stats are comparable in the regular season. Patrick Mahomes, you and I both know, just because we watch football, is 10 times the quarterback that Dak Prescott will ever be. So he should not be getting paid close to the same amount of money. Agreed. I think the other component here is, you know, there's every franchise has their own timeline, you know, depending on GM, depending on head coach, every owner you know, is trying to win. And if you're not trying to win, you're probably trying to tank. You know, for every Rams last year, you have the last two years of the Texans. Um, But the reason I mention that is I think teams are afraid of becoming irrelevant. And we've seen Dallas when Romo got hurt and when we've seen Prescott get hurt. And for the most part, it hasn't gone very well. Uh, They're winning three or four games. Uh, you see a team like the Vikings. They have never won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, do they want to pay Kirk Cousins what he's getting paid? Probably not. But what's their alternative? You know, this is what I say to everybody who's who's like, well, Dak sucks. We need to move on. 
okay, I'm open to moving on. Who are you getting? Because the best quarterbacks never hit the market. They're signed up forever. So unless you have one of those crazy scenarios where Brady is just done in New England and Tampa has a pretty good team and they just need a quarterback who's not going to throw 30 picks, okay, that's a good scenario. Same with the Stafford to, to L.A. situation. But most of these teams, man, are not willing to just you know, punt on the one or two years and hope that the next guy they draft will eventually become better than the guy that's routinely taking them to the playoffs. So it's a really yeah. tough spot to be in. It is because it's a league-wide problem. I mean, it's not just that the Cowboys gave Dak Prescott that money. There's probably four or five other teams, including my Jets, that if he hit the open market would have given him that money. And I, I just think that the entire league needs to get smart and start evaluating quarterbacks in other in other departments than just on your regular season numbers because Kirk Cousins' regular season numbers look great, but you got to keep in mind Kirk Cousins is also fucking checking down most of the time and throwing short of the change, and that and that's it. That shit does not win in the playoffs. Joey Burrow wins in the playoffs. Joey Burrow wins in the playoffs, but he's also, you know, they've given him a lot of talent to work with too, which is great. But yeah, he is that guy. There is no comparison between Joey Burrow sure, and but, Cousins. But but that's not part of my argument. My argument is just that you got to reevaluate guys in other ways than just off the regular season stats. Because I could argue that Kirk Cousins has a lot of talent as well, and Dak Prescott has a lot of talent as well. But they ain't fucking Joey Burrow. They're not no, Patrick they're not. Mahomes. I wasn't arguing with you. I was more just saying another point. But, yeah, it's the other thing, too, and just to bring it back to the Giants here for a second, this is why coaching matters in this league so much. I mean, you see it with McDaniel even in Miami if you want to get away from it. Look at what those quarterbacks have done with new coaching. So I'm sure there's going to be some scouting departments and there's going to be some owners and GMs that are going to look at a quarterback like Daniel Jones and be like, yeah, okay, he definitely got better. He stopped turning the ball over. He does have a decent arm. He was using his legs. He's kind of a dual threat. He makes the he makes all those intermediate throws very well. But shit, man, I mean, if you look back at uh, Tyrod Taylor's 2016 season in Buffalo, they're eerily similar to Daniel Jones this year. Not eye-popping, but good. And then the next year they draft Josh Allen. So. Yep. We don't know if we're talking about Daniel Jones on the on the progression level or if we're talking about Daniel Jones is okay, this is your best year by far and you're destined to be a career backup. It's just if you can get the right coach who clearly has a track record with making quarterbacks better and you have that coach, why would you commit $42 million a year to a quarterback? I agree with that, and that's a whole nother head-scratcher with Jerry Jones because the guy is so desperate to win another championship as he gets – no younger, just getting older, and yet he's so, to a fault, loyal to these coaches. I also and think he watch, wants he's watching he the same control. games. What'd you say? I think he wants a coach he can control. Well, of course, I think that goes into it, and I don't think he can control a Sean Payton or a Nick Saban or whoever the newest guy that's rumored, Lincoln Riley, whoever's rumored to come in. I guess that has something to do with it because it's like you're watching the same game I watch, right? And and I would think that Jerry Jones knows more about football than I do. He built he built a dynasty in the '90s. To me, I think his he knows also the 
as much as he'd love to win, I think he has a huge fear of becoming irrelevant. And if you move off of a Prescott and you don't have a coach like a McCarthy, those 11 wins, you know, they may not come. You might be, you might be looking at a two or three year stint where you win four games each year. Um, Cause you might be trying to draft the next quarterback and maybe that guy doesn't hit. So it's a tough position to be in. I, I, I think it's an unenviable, unenviable situation to be the quarterback or the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, because there is one man that owns that, that runs that show and it's the owner. Yeah. And I just think quarterback position, it just goes to show. And we say it all the time. It is absolutely the hardest position in sports. It's the hardest position to play and it's the hardest position to fill in sports. No doubt about it, man. Congrats to the 49ers though. I mean, they deserve their flowers, don't they? For sure. What a, what a well-organized, well-put-together team. That catch by Kittle, man. Oh, I mean, he – he that was – you couldn't talk about a more perfect catch because just the juggling of it, it probably got him an extra 5, 10 yards just from juggling it like that. And then, I mean, I don't think he did it on purpose, but at the last second, just moving that two inches is the difference between him making the catch or just – probably being knocked unconscious on the field. Yeah, probably. That was like a decapitation situation right there. Yep. No, it was it was a really fun game to watch. Um just probably pretty pretty painful for a Cowboys fan. I could only imagine we got to have Will on soon, but we want to get this one in quick. So can I can I ask you? Go ahead. Have you heard from him? I haven't. I've seen him on Instagram. He's been active on Instagram. Um, I love this when people tweet about their teams and they Instagram about their teams because we just we everybody cares about everybody's life so much. But he wants to put himself out there. Um, it's just it's like deja vu. It is. But he has he has grown up a lot lately, and he knows he's not delusional. He knew it was going to happen. He knows that this ain't the head coach, and at this point, he probably knows this isn't the quarterback either. Um, and and I guess there's some solace you can you can hold something with that, just at least not getting your hopes up. But he's okay; he'll be all right. Good, because that's the only silver lining. Because Dak's not going anywhere. Yeah, he'll talk himself into him next year. Of course. You know, you have to. Although I don't know, he really hates McCarthy, so he may just be, he may just be out, out. But we'll we'll see. I mean, he did make that declaration on Instagram when I played it that he wasn't watching football again until um, who was it? But <laughs> Jason Garrett got fired. <laughs> Luckily for him, he got fired like a week later. They probably heard his message. Um, probably. But uh, I mean, I think you have. He hasn't made that declaration yet. I think maybe another season of this, and then he'll make that declaration. Peyton was around, or Peyton um, Garrett was around for a few years longer. So will will like Jerry is a loyal guy. Well, you have to be with the Cowboys because that's the thing is they're just good enough where you can't fire the coach and you can't just dump the quarterback, but you're you're just bad enough where that's never going to amount into anything really more than what they've been the last couple of years, which is maybe win a playoff game and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. After watching that game, I know it's recency bias, but that team's no fucking good. That offense was terrible. They were down the stretch, man. But, you know, 
you, you wonder how momentum can carry because all they needed was a really shitty Tampa defense and they, they were scoring at will on them. So, you know, it's just your, your best court, your, your franchise quarterback who you pay all that money to can't have a game like that in the postseason, And that's really what it boils down to. Not at all. All right. Moving on to the next game. They did not cover again. Uh, for different reasons, it seems like this time. Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. to Mahomes got dinged up in this one with a high ankle sprain, which is which is no bullshit injury. I mean, I hear no. that those are, those are pretty tough. Um, it'll be interesting to see where I go with my um, recency bias picks, especially after we talk about Bengals-Bills. But Jaguars were being able to get a running game in this one, but... Chiefs Chiefs impressed me because even with Chad Henney, they did enough to win the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, the high ankle sprain, Romo was on the game yesterday saying he's not sure if you know, Mahomes is even going to be able to play. Uh, because you're able to get it taped up and you're able to kind of use the adrenaline to your advantage and just move around enough. But what it really is is the next day or two, you see a lot of guys who suffer high ankle sprains get it put into a boot or walk around on crutches. Um so I don't know, man, but they were still able to win that game. I, I just I look at Jacksonville the same way I looked at the Giants. Just a really you hung in there, man. You really played a, the the Giants didn't, but the Jags got to round two of the playoffs. That they showed up and played pretty competitive game, I think. Yeah, they did, and I they think they definitely had their quarterback. I like what I saw with uh Trevor Lawrence. He got better as the year went on, particularly in the biggest games. Yep, absolutely. Moving on to the last game, um, I don't think I. I will say I re-listened to our pod and I did say I think the Bengals could win this game. I didn't think they were going to win in blowout fashion, but I did think that they could win. Um, they they ran this game from start to finish. The Bills, Allen made a couple nice throws, but I gotta say, a watching of all things this weekend, something that really stood out to me was I, I feel like Allen throughout the year has regressed. I'm just waiting to hear what that elbow injury is. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with elbow injuries is you may still be able to rip the ball every once in a while, but it really affects your accuracy because you just don't have any feel because of the pain. He made a couple of absolute, you know, superhero throws. That one to Gabe Davis where he got it over the uh, over the corner and, and right in front of the safety there where only his guy could catch it, but... I mean, they just couldn't. To me, this was on their defense, and to me, man, this was why. This is why the the Von Miller injury was so big on Thanksgiving when he was out, when he got hurt and was announced to miss the rest of the year, right? Because in a scenario like this, you're just you're kind of what you were the last couple of years. You struggle to get stops on third down, and the quarterback Burrow in this case felt absolutely no pressure. Yeah, no. Um, I was super worried about their pass rush and whatnot, and that's why I—that's I, I, why I'm a genius. And I said the Bengals can the Bengals can go in there and win this game. Interesting though, because they haven't lost a playoff game in Buffalo in like the longest time. And if anybody was built for the snow, it should have been the Bills, who play at home there all the time. Obviously, they can't run the fucking and, ball. No, they can't. And and you saw at the end, Allen was trying to be Superman, but he just didn't have enough and. You know, I'm going to give you a hot take here. I think Diggs is gone. Oh, man. That certainly didn't look good at the end and, and everything on social media following that, man. He's been 
He's been on a wrecking crew right now. I think he's gone. And and I don't know. It's like Josh Allen, I'd say, what, probably top five quarterback in the league. Who Who's, you know, you upgraded from Cousins to Allen. Who's your next upgrade if you if you want to play somewhere better? What's I Kansas guess it's City either <laughs> Kansas City, Kansas City, Cincinnati. I mean, that's pretty much it for me. That's pretty much it. Philadelphia, but they've already got Smith and and Brown. Yeah, um, they don't need them. I mean, anybody. T- that's kind of strong, but I guess if there was a I'll team that them. didn't, it'd be them. Oh, I'll take them in a heartbeat. I'll take them, yeah. put them right up, put them right beside Garrett Wilson, and we're ready to go. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that that situation is bad, and we're looking at a potential window closing that never amounted to a Super Bowl appearance, let alone victory. I mean, that's what I love This is just about. classic Bills. It really is. Like, as, as a Nets fan, like, there's tortured fan bases. Like, thank God I'm not a Mets or Jets fan. No offense to your Jets. But, like, there are certain fan bases where you just kind of know that even in the best little bit of a stretch, it, it, you got to temper expectations because something's going to go wrong. I hope that window stays open. I mean, Allen is that good, uh, and he's still young. But, man, him, what happened this year with the turnovers? He was really, really good about limiting mistakes last year. Is it a Brian Dable effect? Like, it's hard. as much as I love Dable, it's really hard for me to believe that a coach matters that much when it comes to turns, turnovers, particularly for a guy like Allen who's established now. He shouldn't be regressing in that department. Yeah, but he did major, and and I said that last week. I said, "What does the guy not remember? What just because Dable's not there, you can't remember what he what he taught you?" Yeah, you did say that. It's it's just crazy though because we got another game of it. Yeah, no, I I think towards the end of the season when he realized he didn't have a defense and he continually has not had a running game, I think he really started to force the issue. I, I and it was going on all season. And then I just think it got worse throughout the end of the season. But he does have weapons there. That's what's interesting to me. Dawson Knox is a nice piece. Gabriel Davis is a good deep ball threat. And Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the league. So, I mean, you got three options. I I just don't understand why you're forcing the ball and making just boneheaded throws. Dak Prescott-esque throws. Oof, that's not a comp. That's not a comp you want. Um, Yeah, in addition to that, too, did you feel like they played tight I mean, I thought that we were going to be high off the emotion of Hamlin being in the building and up at the suite, and you got the snow globe factor. I mean, I felt I didn't think they played tight. I thought they played. I thought they played cocky football, like we never lose here. I thought it was just like they thought that they already had this game won. Honestly, it wasn't really a tight thing for me. They were acting like they won the last two Super Bowls. Is how I felt. Yeah, and they got punched in the mouth, and they couldn't get back up. No, I guess you could look at it both ways. Um, yeah, to me, it was just after that first drive by Cincinnati, I was like, I, I want to see how they respond because, I mean, Burrow is just fucking, he has no cares in the world. Well, yeah, and that's what happens when, I mean, I don't know, was this offensive lineman that got hurt that gave up like the most sacks in football this year and whoever his replacement is seems to be doing a better job? Maybe that's a blessing in disguise, I hate to say it. And then if you're going to run the ball down their throat like that, you're going to win most games. And their defense was incredible, by the way. That number 21, I forgot his name, blitzing, 
getting hitting Burrow on like three plays in a row, and then he bats a pass down on the next one, and then he makes a huge tackle out in the flat. I mean, he's that guy's incredible. I I don't know who it is. Number twenty one. He's he's amazing. The uh, they they beat him up in every single facet of the game. That's why the score was twenty seven ten. But could have been more. it could have been more. The Bengals are just a, they're this team that they're very happy to be the underdog and nobody believes in them and you've got the most, you know, cool under pressure quarterback in the league maybe outside of Mahomes and he doesn't give a shit and he just slings the ball all over the yard. They run the ball well and yeah, I mean I said that not having the offensive line or having the injuries that they sustained was really going to cost them and they were like you said, they were better than the starters. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' defense is a different story, though. That it is. That it is. We saw that on Saturday. All right, you ready to do some previews? I'm gonna. I'm pulling up the lines right now as we speak again. All right. Do you know either of the lines? I don't. Well, it is pretty early. They did just come out. I forgot we're doing this on a Monday. <laughs> I know. Usually it's a Wednesday. All right, first game we'll go over here, the NFC Championship game. The San Francisco 49ers are heading to Philly. Good luck to them. That game is both games on Sunday. I love that. I had my Saturday. Uh, 301 Sunday. What's your guess? You've been bad at this. Yeah, I know. I've been absolutely abysmal. Again, I don't know how I have 35. You know, I know we're not picking spreads, but... Um, I'm going to say Eagles minus three. Close this time. Good job. Eagles minus two and a half. Okay. That what are you thinking right there? That seems right to me. I mean, look at – I'm so impressed by San Francisco, but look at what Philly just did. I mean, if they're – if Jalen's yeah. able to do what he did – I know the Giants' defense isn't particularly good, but he sure looked healthy to me. I don't know how – I mean, I know the Niners' defense is great, but – I mean, I, I would be very surprised if Philly didn't put up at least 24 points in this game. What about you? I'm very interested to see it. You know, I you know I have them as my recency by a Super Bowl pick. We'll reveal ours at the end. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter because we're going to say who we think wins anyways. But, yeah, I was just going to um, say, you don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of strength on strength because of that Eagles O-line, although Lane Johnson looked very hurt. Um, hopefully another week. He can kind of get that groin a little bit better. That injury must suck. Um, uh, If Jalen Hurts can get the ball over the top on them and he can get A.J. Brown involved early and often and Devontae and really his safety blanket, Goddard, who's been great, um, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. And and they have a great defense as well. Is this this finally the game where Brock Purdy gets exposed or is this guy just the fucking – Better than Tom Brady because he was drafted even later than him. Yeah, that was my reasoning. I know I've used it as my reasoning for the last couple weeks. If they were to lose, obviously it's that Brock is eventually going to fuck up. But I think this game being in Philly is a huge deal. Those those motherfuckers. I mean, the Giants had no water in their team hotel the day of the game, and they're going to pull out all. I love that. Yeah, I know you do. Um you love that, too. If the Giants did that to the Eagles, you'd be like, oh, what a fucking play by the fucking Giants. I wouldn't care, 
it's just a fucking Philly thing. It's just like, of course it did. Of course it did. Um, but no, I'm going to take the Eagles in this game. I'm going to take the minus two and a half. I think being at home, looking at what they just did. I know San Francisco is really fucking good. I know Brock's been absolutely incredible, but I think at the end of the day, you're th- your third string quarterback, man. Those guys just don't get to Super Bowls. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that we're on the same page. I don't feel good about it. Um, I don't want to be on the same page as you when it comes to picking games and whatnot. I don't want um, to be right because I am the champ. I might as well be wearing um, red for the second week in a row. <laughs> just wear a red shirt on uh, Sunday. I'm going with the Eagles as well. I got to stick with my guys, and I'm going to take them with the spread when they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I unfortunately think you're right. Pieces of shit. Okay, how about the AFC game? Um, Bengals at Chiefs. I'm going to say... I'm going to say this before you do it, just to give you a little bit of help. Just to give you a little hint. Keep in mind, Patty Mahomes has a high ankle sprain in Vegas. Is taking that into account. I was just going to ask rhetorically if they were. Because I would think they have to, just knowing what a high ankle sprain is. That's your hint. Chiefs minus one. The Cincinnati Bengals are favored by one and a half points. Wow. On the road. In Arrowhead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what this line started out as last night, but I'm assuming that it got bet down to Cincinnati minus one and a half. I don't think this line started with Cincinnati minus one and a half, but I, I can't be sure of that, but that's just how I feel. This is 631, by the way, on Sunday at Arrowhead for those who don't have a cell phone and can't look it up themselves. I'll help you guys out. <laughs> Everybody appreciate that. Um, I'm shocked because uh, that would lead me to believe that Mahomes, there's a lot of early intel that Mahomes is not going to be able to play because even if he's compromised, they are at home. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three straight games, including last year's AFC Championship game at Arrowhead? Oh, I'm I'm sure that's taken into account, not to mention what the Bengals just did to Buffalo in Buffalo. I'm sure that's definitely heavily weighed into account, but I think the thing that is most weighed into this line is the fact that a high ankle sprain is nothing to fuck with. It's not like he broke his finger on his non-throwing hand and they could just tape it up. Like, this is... That's a legit injury, and like you said, that's also an injury where once you take the cleat off and the adrenaline wears off, that thing swells up. It's also really hard because even though Mahomes isn't a running quarterback, he uses his legs a lot, uh, extends plays, rolls out, occasionally will scramble for a first down. Yeah, I mean, if you take that away from him, and, and I believe it's on, I believe it's his right leg, so it's his, it's his you know, push. driving leg. Yeah, it's push leg. So, um, I don't know, man. That we'll, have, we'll have to see as the week goes on. We're doing this Monday. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I would If the Bengals beat them for a fourth straight time and second straight year at Arrowhead in either event, that is an unbelievable accomplishment. All right. Well, you're right. We are, we are doing this pod a little early, but we're doing it. What do you got? Come on. Fuck. I'm going Bengals. I've picked them as my recency okay. bias the last couple of weeks. I'm going to do it again. Oh, my friend. I have to hold you accountable there. You removed them. Oh, I removed them. That's right. I had them on the most recent part. pod. Yes. Then you took, then I, I you took Kansas City. Understandably so. Pre, Pre-Mahomes injury. 
but I guess you're flip-flopping back with your recency bias pick back to the Bengals. You're correct. Okay. Well. Come on, man. Listen. I think if Mahomes plays, I'm going, I got to ride with the Chiefs. I think some magic is going to happen there. If Mahomes doesn't play, I just I just don't fucking see Henny being able to do that for a full game against the Cincinnati defense, which is getting pressure. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the points, and I'm saying the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Um, before we do our Super Bowl winners, um, give me an over-under for both games. So the total for the Eagles-Niners game is 45.5. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. And then the Chiefs Bengals game is forty seven and a half. Give me the under on that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that that Kansas City offense is going to be able to do a whole lot with a dog fight or a Chad or a Chad Henney. Yeah, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm being a bitch making that pick, you know. So I'm just going to say it, Chiefs. I think they're going to win it. And if Henny plays. Don't fucking bet it. I don't. I don't feel good about it at all. But I'm just gonna ride with my guys and the Chiefs. I love it, man. Yeah. Once again, you're showing the conviction. Let's do it. All right. So we both, with that being said, you have a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl recency bias Super Bowl pick. Who wins the Super Bowl? I'm thinking you're gonna go with your heart here, just because you don't even want to say it out loud, and you're just gonna take the Bengals. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going Bengals. <laughs> For a second, we really built that up well. You're getting pretty good at that. Um, Thanks. Couple, couple hundred episodes in, I thought you were going to take the Eagles there. Yeah, I'm going to ride with the Chiefs. I think if they can get through this game and Mahomes can get, what, like two weeks off to rest up that ankle, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a good pick, man. I mean, again... Like you said, that, that was high ankle sprains. Those are usually multiple. It's a good pick until Chad Henney's. Yeah, but nobody's going to shit on you for that. Like, it, it is what it is. You're. I mean, let's not forget that they did. They won that that Browns game a couple years ago when Mahomes got concussed and Henny finished it out. Yeah, no, they did, but this and they basically did that against the Jaguars. But again, the Jaguars and that. Um, that what's it, the uh, Baker Mayfield run Browns are not the Joe Burrow led Cincinnati Bengals for a full game. I'm with you. I'm just saying it's so it's, you can't. You just don't feel good about that. You don't feel good about it at all. I'm just putting that out there. Where if that is the case, I mean they're going to build a game plan around him not fucking up. But the running game better be good. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, you ready to move on to some golf, baby? I know you are, man. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about some golf. The season started with the Century Tournament of Champions at the Plantation Course. I don't know why. they. There's a lot of courses that are called the Plantation Course. That's just kind of a – I don't like that name personally. Not a fan of it. No, um, I think they got to retire it. But that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those words that just bring up uh, negative thoughts. Um, but with that being said, it was played in Kapalua, Kapalua, Maui, Hawaii. I don't know. Kapalua and Maui are the same place. You tell me. I'm not a geography guy. I just I do know where Hawaii is. I have been there. Um, 
the purse was fifteen mil, so this was this was a big tournament. Um and they had all the they had all the big guys out there for the first um round for the first tournament of the twenty twenty three golfing season. Um you know, Speeth was there, Thomas was there, uh, obviously John Rahm was there, Mauer Cower was there, Scotty Scheffler, you name a guy, he was there. So this was like a real deal tournament because you know they ri- obviously, you know, they raised the purses this year and, and elevated some tournaments to try and compete with Liv and give the players some more money. And Colin Morikawa led for three rounds. Um and I think he was up. I don't know. I think he had like at at a certain point in the round, he had like a I want to say like a five or a six stroke lead. And this course, I'm not saying me and you could go low here, but this course is a birdie fest. I think the final John Rom ended at like minus twenty seven or something to win the tournament. Morikawa choked so bad. And the only reason why I bring that part up is because this is the second time in two years because I know he did it in an event last year where he led through three rounds with a sizable lead and choked it away. Um, so Morikawa is on. I know he's a two-time. Who, what did you say? Do you remember who surpassed him in that previous tournament where he choked late? It wasn't John. It wasn't um, John Ron. No, I think. It might have been Patrick Cantlay, but it was last year. It was a while ago. Yeah, um, was it wasn't John Rom. John Rom didn't. John Rom didn't chase him down that time. He did this time, and he played an incredible round of golf. But I know Morikawa's got two majors under his belt. I believe both of those were during COVID. Is the fanfare and everything starting to get to him? Is he a choker? Uh, we're, we, it's something that we have to monitor. I'm just saying. Being that we're getting more into golf, this is something that we have to keep on the radar. Well, that's why I asked who surpassed him last time. Because if it was Rom, I was going to say maybe he's maybe he seems to be his kryptonite. Maybe it's somebody that he's a little intimidated by as he starts to play really well down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is the case in sports overall. You know, golf is one of those, obviously, that's what made Tiger as fierce and dominant as he was for all those years, where it didn't really seem to matter who had a lead. You saw Tiger on Sunday in the red, and, you know, they were shitting bricks out there. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't put, there's nobody's Tiger, and nobody will ever be Tiger no, again. There's saying, too much though, talent like on the tour. Yeah, I'm just Is saying, John Rahm his kryptonite? Is that what you're asking? No, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't think it's just John Rom. That's added. That that is something that with golfers though, is that some guys play really well in those first three rounds and they're playing with house money, and then once they're getting to the point where they can actually win all the money, you know, they start to those assholes get a little tight. Yeah, it is interesting because I think both of his major wins and some of the workday wins that he had, he did come from behind and chase somebody down. It must be a different animal when you're trying to to hold it off, and I think he'll be okay. He's just too good of a ball striker to 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 not be able to figure it out. But something we're gonna have to keep our eye on. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's early in the year too, so we're gonna have a lot of time to be able to see what kind of trends you know come up. Uh, identif- we're gonna identify with him, right? So something something to yep. look at. Second round or second tournament, Sony Open again in Hawaii. That was Honolulu this time. I think is that the capital? I think that's the capital of Hawaii. Um, Siwoo Kim, he put on a clinic. 
He was excellent. Uh, I don't think I saw him hit a bad shot all all week. And then the third, we're going back to the continental United States, the American Express in California. John Rahm wins again. So John Rahm is on uh, is talk about a hot start to get to the beginning of the season. John Rahm has won two point seven plus one point four four. Um, what's that? That's like five million something dollars. No. Yeah, that doesn't. Four million something dollars. No, I mean in two weeks, three weeks, really. He's won that much. It's unbelievable. Not a bad start for the season, huh? I mean, I'm sure he's already entering. No, not at all. Favorite in some of in in our first major come uh, come April. Oh well, John Rahm. I'd have to look, but I don't think he's played very well. In Augusta, Georgia, um, but it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. This week we have the Farmers Insurance Open, played at Torrey Pines, one of the most famous public courses in the country. Uh, hosted a couple of U.S. Opens. Um, should be interesting. I, I don't have a pick. If Ricky Fowler's playing that one, I'm telling you this right now. I've watched a lot of Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is going to win at least one, if not two, tournaments this year, and he hasn't won in years. But you heard it here first. If if Ricky Fowler is on outside of a major, if Ricky Fowler is playing in the tournament, I'm picking him. That's a bold, bold. The game looks taste. tight. I mean, dude, seriously. When, well, listen, he's a he's a father now. He's married. I I think I think he's. When is the last time he won? I don't know. I'm gonna Google it though. Cause it's been a long time. I mean, I yeah, he. I know he's a father now. I, I haven't heard his name mentioned in in some of the big tournaments as far as winning in in a really long time. I've kind of forgotten about him a little bit. As as much of a good personality as he is, he just he hasn't done anything. Uh, the last time Ricky Fowler won really a PGA tournament. Yeah. Um, the last time PGA, the last time Ricky Fowler won a PGA Tour event was in 2019 at the best tournament ever, the 2019 Waste Management Phoenix Open, pre-COVID. Yeah. This guy hasn't won since COVID, and the Waste Management is right around the corner. Um, so that's running on four 2019, like four four years. four years. Yeah, wow. I it is bold out of me, but I'm just saying. I think it's gonna happen. I've been watching him. His game's tight. No, I like it. It's a good pick. Start the year off hot. I mean, come in here hot because we're going to be talking a lot of golf as this sports calendar gets to dries up before March Madness. and We've only got really got NBA and a little bit of college basketball once football ends. So, yeah, throw out some bold takes. Why not? Fowler's winning two this year. Um, Jordan Spieth is going to complete the whatever you call it, the, the, the career grand slam. I think he has – what does he have? I think he either has a U.S. Open left or a PGA Championship left. Um, yeah, he's just got the PGA Championship left. I'm picking Speed to win that early, and Roy McIlroy is going to win the Masters. I'm going all in this year. Let's go. So you're making a Masters Yeah, 2023, pick. big year. Masters pick three months. Big out. Masters I'm gonna, pick. We gotta hold you to this. I, I am, I am writing this down as soon as I get off this pod. 
you know, the, I'm sure you've been watching ESPN and ABC and even CBS because they have the um, Thursday, Friday rounds. The, the commercials are already there. Yeah, I have been. They've, they've been showing them since like the holidays, man. I know. I can't wait. Um, and then the only other announcement we have is um, Live Golf is now on a cable TV network. The uh, CW network, I think that's formerly WB11. Uh, feels like the Yankees in the early 2000s were played on that channel. Um, yeah, so they, they have a TV network deal. Good for them. I think it's uh, something like like Gilmore Girls and Liz. So I think you got that covered. Um, I don't yeah. know why <laughs> they're, they're doing the CW and that nobody else was able to pick them up, but I don't think it's a bad deal. I mean, they're just trying to get themselves. I said this to you off the pod, but I, I think a lot of, there's still a lot of the golf, you know, the main golf fans that are watching tournaments or that are interested. I think they're still, you know, flipping channels and, and, and searching the guide. I don't think they're pulling up YouTube. Yeah, CW is owned by Next Star Media. I thought CW was owned by Fox, but that must have been a long time. The CW on October 2022 with Paramount Global, Warner Brothers, Discovery. All right. Okay. So, yeah, they own. I don't, I don't know what the hell they own. Nothing interesting, What's though. It, they They're own the Cookie Channel, Food Network. Hmm. Beautiful. Uh, they're on TV, and that's more than what they were last year. So, Maybe we'll see how the how the viewership is. We'll see what the ratings get. Um, but at least if you want to throw them on, you don't have to. You don't have to throw on YouTube. I don't mind it. Younger fans obviously don't give a shit about that. But I still, like I said, I still think there's a large population of the golf viewing demographic that wants to flip those channels and they're used to big tournaments being on. You know, ESPN, CBS, NBC, whatever. Is your dad gonna watch it? Good question. I don't know. I haven't asked him. He's such a PGA guy, but I wonder. I wonder if he'll get caught up in. You this know, is. This is something that you have to ask him. I understand that, but I didn't yet. So I, I will when when I when I talk to him next. I'll get you an answer for next week. All right, fine. I need it next week. <laughs> I know you'll be watching. I'm going to be interested. No, I don't really. I. If Barkley was doing it, I, I would watch a lot more, but I, I watched like three holes total throughout the whole thing last year. They're going to clean some shit up, though. I mean, last year it was so rushed. It happened early. People were joining left and right. I think now it's you got a, a little bit more organized. You're watching some of the best players in the world play. You mean to tell me you're not going to watch your boy Bryson light one up? Come on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, you got anything else going on? No, man, but I want to hear about I want to hear about the car situation. What's going on? Where are we at? Oh, the car situation. Um, so yeah, we went out to Long Island. Unfortunately, that car was sold. The car salesman tried to sell us a 2015 something or another. I was like, I don't want a car that's already seven, eight years old. Um, it's just it's stupid to buy. It already had sixty thousand miles. So then we found another one, sat down, talked prices. They were trying it was a Hyundai accent, which is like basically a Honda fit, like the shittiest Hyundai you could buy. And they were trying to get me to pay twenty grand for this fucking thing and I negotiated it 
all the way down to like sixteen seven. Look at and you. we were like, yeah, we're comfortable paying that. And I kept saying to the guy, the salesman, I was like, so sixteen seven all in. Do we know? Do you understand what all in means, Sean? Just asking, curious. I mean, I would assume that sixteen that that just means that we're not. I'm all in. I'm ready to do this right now. Right. Oh, and everything else. Is no, all in the vehicle. Like I'm not gonna have to go all this in and panic after this. Well, that and also all in means I'm gonna write you a check for sixteen seven, and you're not gonna tell me it's a fucking penny more. Okay, that was pretty much what I was getting at, but okay. Yeah, so then the guy comes out and he, I said, all in, we agreed upon it, whatever. The guy's starting to run around, do shit, whatever. And then he comes back and he starts bringing up taxes and stuff and whatever. And I, and he would, I was like, what are the taxes? What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, do the math for me. Do the math. So then finally I was like, I pulled out my calculator and I, I started doing it. I said, all right, so it's sixteen seven for the car. Then you're going to tell me it's another two grand for the taxes plus you want us to pay another thousand dollars because we're not financing the car and then we're paying another five hundred dollars towards the towards the putting the plates on and whatever and i was like so now we're at 19 grand we're at we're we're at like 19.7 after i did all the math i said that's all in that's what all in means and he was like well you got to pay taxes and i said i understand how taxes work i i've lived here a while in this country i understand how taxes work I wanted you to lower the price in other parts of the deal. I said I was all in at sixteen seven. This was like an hour into it. I said, We're out of here. We're walking away. I gotta tell you what, man, you're you're a good negotiator, but these get these are some slimy ass folks that you're dealing with. So then yeah, I said to the guy, I said, Listen, this is a Hyundai accent. I have an offer in writing. I showed him a picture of the offer for all in a Hyundai Elantra 2020 with less miles, newer year, more features, just a straight up better car for less than a thousand dollars more. You tell me why I'd pay 19.7 for this car when I can get this for twenty thousand dollars in change right now if I drive to that place. And he was like, "Yeah, but you're saving seven hundred dollars." And I said, "Yeah, but I'm, uh, but I'm getting a like that. That's not the point. I'm getting a better product for not much more money." And he was like, yeah, but, you know, think about, you know, you guys should finance it because you need to build credit. I was like, again, I've lived here a while. I know how credit works. We've just decided we don't want to do that. So then Michaela and I, to summarize the story, we picked up the Hyundai today and we finally got a deal that we wanted and we're done. Congratulations. That's got to feel good. Thank you. Thank God it's over with. Unfortunately, Michaela's lease is up in uh, September or something, so we're going to have to do this all over again, but we're prepped for it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you're seasoned vets now. Um, yeah, what, you know, it's, it really is incredible when you, you talk price, you have an understanding, you're talking with another adult, right? And you don't want to come off as the... You're not ignorant, obviously. You know what you're talking about. You're using the terminology... But it's almost as if they just have their game plan and they're just gonna rant. They're just gonna run you over, and, and just be like, "No, sorry, like we, yeah, all in." But then this and this and this. The what I hate the most is when those kinds of when the salespeople or dealing with leasing offices they try to talk to you as if you're a child. So like, no, I know what the fuck I'm doing. 
like just be straight with me. You didn't tell me. Well, that's when you me. just got to get. Uh, that's when I just get super short and just get really, really to the point with them. And they're like, they take a step back and they're like, okay, this guy's not fucking around. Well, that's where I was at last year when I moved into my current apartment complex. I mean, fortunately, I've had to deal basically zero with the leasing office and my place is great and I'm happy here, but I almost didn't take it because every single time that I was going through the requisite you know, things that I needed to show them and the documents and the lease agreement and all that, it was like they threw another thing at me. I'm like, do you just, I literally straight up asked the person, I was like, do you just not want me here? I'm doing everything you say. There's always something new and more. And they try to talk to you as if, you know, they're lecturing you. And I straight up said, I was like, I don't want to be lectured. I want you to tell me exactly what I need so I can move in. It's just, it's so annoying. (laughs) It is so annoying and it just makes it, it's unfortunately necessary, but it just makes you want to not do it so bad. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the stress levels that it puts up. But listen, I'm going to manifest it right now. If if you never – now that this is behind you, I hope this car is great. I hope it treats you as well as the apartment that I'm in has treated me. And uh, you have until September to have to do this song and dance again. Yep. And at the end of the day – I don't need this car, so if Michaela is getting pissed off about the car process, we can put it on hold for a couple of weeks or whatever, and she could drive around in the car we have now. So at least we have that. There you go, man. Good end to the story. Congratulations. Thank you, man. It is nice to not feel like I'm stuck at home or I have to take my van out and you know, possibly hear it from the office because I drove my van for personal use and they give me shit, but... They don't really do that when you're the boss, you know? Listen, they you're you're the CEO for a reason. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, anything else or are we good to go here? We're good to go, man. We we conquered this on a Monday. We got the rest of the week. Yes, sir. Everybody enjoy their week. Sean, I guess you won't be watching any sports at all just because you don't watch basketball anymore, so I guess enjoy the football on the weekend. Those pieces of shit are trying to pull me in. Ever since my rant, they won two in a row, including at Golden State last night. I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for the trick again. All right, everybody.